Hello, I'm Todd Van Allen, and welcome to OK, So Here's One, a podcast celebrating street jokes. You know what street jokes are. A horse walks into a bar, that sort of thing. Street jokes are fantastic, and we celebrate them here. Every episode, we bring on a guest to come on and tell their favorite street joke. This week, our guest is Blaine Kapach. Blaine Kapach is no stranger to our previous podcast, Comedy Above the Pub, and he is wonderful. He was a writer on Mad TV at midnight, and he was also the host of, some of you will know, Beat the Gates. He is a joke machine and a phenom on Twitter. So now here is Blaine Kapach. Uh, Jimmy's been doing these things the uh, called Pop Culture, and it's like a, the game show thing. And uh, he had me do, uh, they wanted to bring me on as an AI that wrote jokes. And okay. I would, they would put my jokes up against the, the panel. Okay. So uh, I dressed up in this stupid thing with too mm-hmm. many fingers and <laughs> lights around my neck. And I was weird Hal. And, <laughs> and, and I was just, uh, uh, I was told to write jokes about the Chinese spy balloon. What do you get when you cross North America with a Chinese spy balloon? Pictures of American nuclear missile silos. <laughs> you know, it's like that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, you know, uh, why is there carpet that the Oscars read? Because it is embarrassed to be seen with those people. <laughs> and at the end, it was, uh, uh, Jim Lee, I'm not really a comedian. I am also a singer. My <laughs> professor was Dr. Chandra. He taught me to sing a song. Will you like to hear it? <laughs> It's called Benny and the Jets. <laughs> hey, Candy and Ronnie, have you seen them yet? Oh, they were so spaced out. <laughs> so now, dude, that was just the whole thing. So I'm doing it again <laughs> next week because it was a hit. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so now I have to, I think I'm going to do the Moving Out Anthony song by Billy Joel. Okay, time. good. Yeah. I can, I, can, I can glitch on Heart Attack. Heart Attack. Guys will come out and carry me off. It'll be fun. But I just get to write writing stupid jokes. Right. Speaking, okay, so speaking of which, it had been a while since we had one of these from you, Blaine, and I'm so happy it happened. Your top 100 burger joints in L.A., uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was there's somebody uh, I've, uh, uh, I uh, I can't remember what her name is. She was she just had a, a list of her favorite burger joints, and mm-hmm. it was, I was like, oh, that's great because they're all good. I was right. like looking them up and stuff, and uh, I was like, ah, oh, I should just write my own. Mm-hmm. Just cranked them out in a couple hours. Yeah, it was fun. I was gonna ask you like, how long did a hundred take? I, uh, a few hours. Okay. I, I did them the night. I did them the night before, and then sat on them. And then the next morning, kind of got rid of the ones I didn't like. Didn't okay. take too long. It was fun. It's a lot of swearing. <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh, well, okay. Uh, and this is what I love about your things. Like when you when you get the bit in your teeth and you run with these, you whatever chunk, like whatever is is resident within one tweet within the link of them, there is always one that brings me to tears. Without question, <laughs> yeah. every I single to, time. I try to load each tweet with yes. at least one. Um, <laughs> I think my my favorite one was uh, 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 TGI Cedar Sinai. Yes, <laughs> that was my that was my favorite one. Yep, <laughs> that's, a, that's a bad burger place. Right, you one glad of the, you're at Cedar Sinai. One of the most subtle ones was Hardee's, but not that Hardee's. Not that Hardee's. <laughs> the other Hardee's. Yeah. What was the? Uh, uh, Oh, and uh, Rite Aid, uh, Vermont, Vermont. Yes, Vermont and Hollywood. 
<laughs> that's my pharmacy. Yeah. Um, and the one, the one the pharmacy that I on file. There's the other thing too is that I, I like to read them in your voice. So that's why Jesus Christ made me fall out of the bed. And my wife's like, Jesus what is Christ. <laughs> yeah. I like don'ts. Don'ts. That was, like that was that the one. other one. <laughs> I was that one bugged me too because I was like I wanted it to have the don't apostrophe yeah t apostrophe s <laughs> uh-huh. and then the, then after I did it I was like should that just have been a don't with just the at and the p- <laughs> yeah p s yeah like, no no apostrophe t apostrophe s uh-huh. don't yep the guy's name is don't yep. <laughs> <laughs> And then there was this, um, there was a, there was a chunk of three that were just like, bam, bam, like, you know, two jabs. And then the, then the, then the uppercut, which were like Grizzly Adams, beef still my beating heart. And then no, no public wrist Rumios. (laughs) That was another one I was, I was really, took me like hours on the, the apostrophe on that one. Should I have to you know, apostrophios. You see, yeah, it would be like it's like a proper name, Rust, yeah. Rustrumios. Yeah, you see, it's the care that you take. That's what puts you above everyone else. It's it's these attentions to details. You got right? got to put got to put thoughts into the apostrophes. <laughs> yeah, part of the language. It's uh-huh. a tool. That's that's how we always sort of like. Um, uh, denigrated people who uh, were getting married and you knew it was just going to be like a low budget wedding of some sort. And you're just like, uh, I know the reception is going to be in a place with an apostrophe, you know, just... <laughs> yeah. Shutters at the beach, but shutters with a apostrophe. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, oh, shutters. What? Okay. So that would be a good burger place. Actually. It would be <laughs> shutters. <laughs> um, like but with, t- with D's shutters. Mm-hmm. Here's, <laughs> I almost cold, cold sweats. Cold sweats. Do you want to? Yeah. Do you want to amend this list after this? Yeah, you know? I, I, I I had like a bunch that I didn't put on there. Mm-hmm. It was I was bummed out. There, I, there's one too many too. Is there? Yeah, it's called uh, uh, Howl and Bowley's was an extra one. I, to get <laughs> I got to take one out. When I did that list of 500 uh, Rolling Stone yes. worst albums, mm-hmm. I, I missed five. I missed a whole five of them. How? I was I was bummed because okay. it was like uh, uh, I was in the program. I was the writing program. It was numbering them automatically. Right. Oh. And oh, and like I would have to go through and erase the numbers sometimes, and it it threw my numbering off. And right. It really pissed me off. Right. So right, right, there's. Right. But then Drew Carey, uh, when I was done, he goes, hey, uh, uh, I forget the, the guy. Alan's going to need a uh, hundred more of these on his desk by the end of day. <laughs> I started writing more. I had like a bunch to go, like you know, Tom Waits joke. Sure. Uh, the, the Logical Thong by mm-hmm. Super Tramp yes. Stamp. That was when I liked. <laughs> but yeah, just like I right. just always overwrite and then get uh-huh. rid of the ones you don't like. Exactly. Exactly. It's 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 I'm I'm currently. Uh, for for a cancer charity out here, I'm I'm there's they've got like people who own their own businesses that are kind of like high rollers in Ottawa, and they're doing stand up for the first time. So they they put it they pair them up with like local comics, and I'm one of them. And so my person that I'm coaching, she's done the good part, which is has written way too much. Yeah, and now it's just like oh, this is so good because now we just and now the best part, the cuts. And you just <laughs> take it out. Too too much is always better than not enough. Mm-hmm. And like I don't, I've never gotten. I don't get married to my jokes. I just, yeah. I just fuck him in the copy room at the Christmas party. <laughs> but it's like you know, it's it's sometimes every now and then, like 
Because if you're on a show and you mm-hmm. write a joke and you like it and the producers go, we got to lose it. Okay, okay. It's lost. Som- sometimes I'll go, really? I like, I like that one. Okay. Yeah. All right. Whatever. Okay. Put it in someplace else. I, I like it when, when you, I know Jesse Joyce does this. Like he will, like after he's, he's done writing genius. for the Oscars or something, and go, here are the ones that didn't make it. And he'll just like throw those out into the internet, yeah. like, a, like a bucket <laughs> of confetti. And you just like watch all the humor kind of drop to this. Yeah. He's, I sat next to him at, at, at midnight. We yeah. sat at the, at the writer's table every morning for four or five hours like we, you, we would we would get in there at eight and he would show up at nine twenty, right <laughs> and then we would we would write uh the show until noon 30 maybe sure so it was like every morning was like driving to san francisco right in a car with these guys mm-hmm. and i sat next to him and he had a this giant old dell okay and uh, and it would just make these horrible noises, <laughs> uh, like the fan would be going on. Yes. It was like you know when a plane is coming in for like, uh-huh. <laughs> <yep>. <laughs> it sounded like you were landing the entire time. And plus, he was vaping a lot, so yes. his lungs sounded like that too. He was always making it right. Sounded like a it was like working next to a Saab turbo. That yep. guy, yeah. So he's a goddamn genius. Oh yeah, he was. So I think. When I played with him in, in Kingston, I, I, I was hosting. He was he was headlining. We stayed in the same con. In fact, he was on the 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 previous podcast, Comedy Above the Pub. He was he's one of those guests, just like you are. Three times. This is your fourth visit. Four timer. Four timer. So 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 <laughs> next one you get the jacket. So oh, Darcy, five time host, five time Paul McCartney come in. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, we need to get them on five times, and so far they are both zero. Yeah, uh, Darcy, remind me we have to book Steve Martin. Yeah, get Paul just, McCartney on here. Just get Paul McCartney on. I had a dream last night that there was an elevator full of people, and he was one of them. And I was like, I'm not going to try to get in the elevator, Paul McCartney. I just don't want, don't want to look hungry. <laughs> he was Paul McCartney would come. He came to. He was coming to Largo, the old Largo in L.A. Okay, and he came. He came to one of the shows. And I guess on Friday to see John Bryan, and mm-hmm. they would pack out. Everybody would come to see it, and then. Paul McCartney was there and uh, Flanagan, the owner, he was like, oh, Paul McCartney came to came to the club on Friday. He really liked it. He says he's going to come back. I was like, oh, my oh God. Right. And then uh, uh, and I didn't go because I didn't want to be the thirsty guy. Right. Uh, and uh, and he, apparently he showed up and the line was around the block. People had heard word got out mm-hmm. and he came and he stayed for a little while. And then he kind of left early. <laughs> Flanagan said there was like some. Some middle-aged woman like rolled across his hood, his car hood, <laughs> trying to get at him. It's like, man, Beatle, Beatlemania never ends. But uh-huh. she was like, real. She's old, right? Um, <laughs> Probably hurt hurt her hip. Yeah. The um, I actually speaking of elevators, uh, I got to corner uh, Rich Hall, oh. and it was the day. It was the day. It was in Montreal at JFL, and it was after I, I'd seen him the night before perform and he was doing all this material about how he now lives in montana mm-hmm. and fly fishes that's that's three quarters of his show now right right what you know the money will come yeah, and so uh I, I i get in and i don't really know who's in the elevator and i'm just like okay i hit the button i turn and we both lock eyes and i and he sees my pupils dilate and then I can see his shoulders go, oh, fuck, here it oh, comes. Yeah. Here okay, it comes. I got, got spotted. And so I, it, we, we got a few floors to go. So I just said, uh, Mr. Hall. And he's like, yes. 
I said, <laughs> I said, my parents have a house on the St. Lawrence River, and every third cast out there is a big mouth bass. They just they they hop onto the deck, and he's like, "Oh my God, where is that?" And that was the that, that was your end. That was my end. That was, I tried that with Paul McCartney, and he was like, "Big mouth Billy Bass." bass is that the, is like <laughs> the things. Don't worry, be happy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I have, I have two elevator stories. First one is, uh, uh, I got into an elevator at JFL Yep, and, uh, and Richard Belzer, the late great Richard. Oh my God. Was in there. And, uh, and I looked at him and I went, dad. Yes. (laughs) Looked like Richard Belzer. And he looks at me and he goes, son. (laughs) Oh, big hug. Uh, and the other one was, uh, a story that I had heard. I can't remember who told the story, but it was, uh, they get in a, cab or, or no rich hall gets in a cab okay continuing the thing and uh and he's sitting in the back and he's i think he had flown to some college for a college gig or whatever okay and he gets in the cab and the cab driver is doing the looking in the rearview mirror at him and he knows that the cab driver recognizes him right and uh uh and he's just dreading it dreading it dreading it and finally the cab driver goes uh so uh what are you uh, what are you in town for and Rich Hall kind of bluffs. He goes, uh, "Oh, uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm here for a, a math lecture. I'm giving a math lecture at the university." And the driver goes, "Oh, uh, I thought you just did those sniglets." <laughs> <laughs> He's great. He's uh, one of those great great disappearing acts, Rich Hall. Right. I was just thinking of your interaction with the late great Richard Belzer, who that we we have had a few deaths. Uh, recently, and that one that one was one of note. Like, I never had the opportunity to meet him. I never saw him live, but he was, like, one of those comics that when I saw, like, he was going to be on somewhere, like, I He'd taped it. it, I watched it, I, I would yeah. re-watch it and rewatch because he was just, you know, I had his dumb book on how to be a stand-up comic. Like, it was, like, all those things. Like, it was just, he was one of the greats. And then when I saw that he was making a run at TV, he became one of my favorite characters on that because he just, he... He's one of those guys that did not change himself for the role that he was adapting. Like he was sure there was like you look at all of his detectives. It's still the Bell's babe. That's all it was. Yeah, it's right. Just the same dude with a skinny tie. Right. Back when I lived in Baltimore in the eighties, we would drive up to Catch a Rising Star in Princeton mm-hmm. on Mondays, and we would do shows there. And then we would drive into New York and do shows at the Catch in New York. Right. So uh, a bunch of us drive up. I think, I think it was me and Mark Voice. Okay. I don't maybe just the two of us who drive up to catch. And there's no show. It's a special event. It's Richard Belzer. Okay. I'm like, oh god damn it! But Richard Belzer. So we were there. And they let we the, of course they let us stay and we watch. And the crowd's full. And he goes up and he cannot buy a fucking laugh. Oh my cannot, god! They, they're not laughing at anything. Uh-huh. He is working his balls off he's sweating he's like trying to there's a bookcase he's taking books out and improvising off the book nothing and it was like wow this is crazy they're just not buying it and uh uh, finally he got a laugh from somebody in the crowd i got you yeah there we go yeah and he and they opened up and 15 minutes later he got off to a standing ovation right it was like he just kept working until he got them it mm-hmm. was really it was really something to watch right just a total total pro oh my god um was it was it you that told us about eddie murphy and rodney dangerfield i don't think so was it you so 
I, I don't know if I heard it on, on Comedy Above the Pub or if, if – Darcy, is this familiar to you? No. Okay. So I got it from somewhere else. But, like, this is this is a story. So – and it just – it kind of made me think about, like, how Belzer, you know, picked up your – he yes-anded you and just went, okay, so they've got the joke, right? Straight into it. Right? This j- this is a testament to Rodney Dangerfield of, of anyone. And uh, Rodney did a – uh, just just a quick appearance. He happened to be in in town, and I think it was in Miami. So he goes to a club, and he's uh, he goes up there. He goes, "Hey, can I get a spot?" And the headliner that night is a seventeen year old Eddie Murphy, right? Okay. And so uh, Rodney goes up and destroys the place just before they have to bring Eddie on. So Eddie goes up after Rodney Dangerfield and destroys the place, right? So just just murders. And so after the show. Rodney's hanging out with Eddie and he goes, Hey Eddie, you know, you gotta, you gotta watch the language. You gotta, you know, you lose, <laughs> lose all the F-bombs. You know, you gotta, you gotta be clean kid. You gotta be clean. You can't, you can't, you can't swear like that. And, uh, so two years later, Eddie gets Saturday Night Live and saves the franchise and, sure. and does that. So he has, you know, years of success with that. Two years later, after, after that, so now he's 21, four years since Rodney Dangerfield met him. They're in line at like some award ceremony or something like that. And like, you know, and they're just like side by side, kind of off stage. And Rodney out of nowhere just turns to Eddie Murphy and goes, what the hell do I know? <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Four uh, years he sat on that. Four yeah. years. He never forgot it. No. Oh, shit. I want that kid to play my club. <laughs> Did you ever play Danger Fields in New York? I did. I yeah. played a couple times. Mm-hmm. My manager used to used to be the bartender there, Rick Messina. Okay, and uh, he went on to become famous as Drew Carey and mm-hmm. uh, Tim Allen's manager, and right. my manager, and your manager. manager. Yeah, but just a, a great guy, and he would just tell tell stories about Rodney. Mm-hmm. Who um, has have because living in in Hollywood as as as, as you do. Who has, has there been like, I didn't mean to surprise you. I'm sorry. That's, <laughs> what? I'm looking for the sign. Yeah. <laughs> um, has there been, has there been someone like, uh, like when you first saw them was like, oh yeah, there's no way they'll be able to hold down a comedy or stuff like that. And then just surprised you and went, oh my God, there's something in there. No, I, I, I no, I kind of ever, I give everybody the benefit of the doubt as okay. far as like being funny. I mean, I'm always, I, I, I'm very, I try to be very objective about other standups. I learned mm-hmm. that early on because if you're right. if if you apply every your sensibility to everybody, nobody's going to measure up, and you just end up being bitter and resentful. Exactly. And oh, this guy sucks. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the crowd crowd's laughing. He's on your show. He got booked. Yeah, you know. So, yeah. uh, uh, you know, I'm I, I always like it when people are usually fun. It's like Carlos Mencia. Mm-hmm. People are like, ah, oh, he's a thief and this and that. I fucking hate that guy. Yeah, whatever. I wouldn't want to follow him. I don't know if yeah. you've ever seen him on stage. Mm-hmm. Dude will crush. Right. He knows exactly what he's doing. Right. You know, and he doesn't need to. He doesn't need to lift stuff. And I don't. No. I don't. You know, I, a lot of that's just parallel or whatever mm-hmm. laziness. But, but uh, you know, I like I said, I worked on his show, and he would do 10, 15 minute monologues four nights a week, and he was always funny. Mm-hmm. You know, and he, like I said, he knew, knew his audience, knew his crowd, knew his voice. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. It's always it's always good seeing people be funny. Like yeah, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to think because there's nobody I ever thought yeah this person sucks and then they turn out to be good. Right. 
Uh, I'm with I'm with you on the like you know if they're in the room if they're getting laughs and obviously they're you know they're doing something right right crowd likes crowd yeah. likes them crowd likes them. why why are they laughing at this person that you don't think is that funny I exactly. mean I have my own opinions about stuff sure but I give I give people uh you know benefits of doubts mm-hmm. and you know other, other like I said otherwise you're just going to be like yeah what the fuck right the whole time they're not good oh really there's two hundred thousand people that disagree with you you know yeah. Exactly. The on the opposite side of that coin, I have had comics that worry too much about the audience, uh, and and mine in particular. Like when because when I was doing when I was doing this write 'em up show, I had one comic uh, that I booked on, and uh, he was a guy from Ireland. And over the course of watching him kind of perform in the same open mics as as, as I was doing in Toronto, I was like, oh, he's a gay comic as well. That's fine. So I was like, and you know, it, it ticks a lot of the boxes for me because I try to make you know my shows as diverse as possible. And I was like, got to get him on the show. So he comes in, and I don't know if you've ever witnessed this. I go into the the room, the the showroom before the about half an hour before the show, and he is pen hovered above paper, like like I can't make this up. Like he had pen above paper, and he's just staring at it. It's not moving. And I just went to him. He's like, are, are you, are you okay? He's like, I don't know what jokes to do tonight. To which I said, the funny ones. <laughs> and then he went, no, I want to do my gay material. And he goes, great, do it. He goes, but I'm worried about your audience. And I went, fuck my audience. Yeah. If they, if they don't want to hear gay jokes, guess what? They're not my audience. So go like do it and he had like a fa- like probably the best the best show that i'd seen him do up to that point was well, funny just is that funny one. yeah play the hits exactly right um yeah. I, I love the Lori kilmartin advice of like get the crowd to love you for 20 minutes and then you can do your political shit because then they yeah, have to, oh, then exactly. they have to make that decision it's yeah it's uh uh two two old ones one new one two yep. old ones one new one two mm-hmm. old ones one new one you slip them in there yep you know if you can get a nice run or whatever but don't don't be afraid to to do your jokes yeah you know it's you can what use is an edge if you don't polish it mm-hmm. exactly you know? oh it's it's yeah i i uh I understand comedians that do the thing where they always i always have to have a new hour i don't do old stuff it's like I have stuff that's years and years mm-hmm. old. I do it because I love it. I wrote yeah. it. I think it's funny. Mm-hmm. Crowds like it. It's in my it's in my quiver. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always always fun to go. Oh, I just remembered this joke. Just pull it out <laughs> of your ass, and people, wow, do you just think of that? Yeah, yeah. fifteen years ago. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. brand new. I think if you've never heard it, it's brand new. Yeah, I think the <laughs> where's the beef tag might have dated it. <laughs> Yeah, hey, how many people here uh, remember Mannix? <laughs> I'm going to do my Mannix chunk. <laughs> I think you and Pardo should do, like, dueling Mannix chunks right now. They think, <laughs> All right, I'm just going to do my Kolchak, Koljak. <laughs> Kojak and Kolchak. <laughs> What is what is what is the uh, the the oldest the oldest joke that you've written that you go oh my god like I I still love that because I I'm I'm going through like a whole bunch of notebooks and stuff like that to get the next album ready and so I'm working on stuff of like I have on my wall there's two lines of tape and a series of post-it notes and there's like three or four post-it notes here which are the finished ones and then there's like five or six which are like okay kind of written. They, they could move over here in a bit. And then there's 
5,000 over here that are like, you got to write some shit soon, Van Allen. And it's like, yeah. that's the dividing line. But the, like, even just going through this, I was like, holy shit, I wonder if this one still holds water. And you go out and try it and go, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> well, I can still remember the, the first set I ever did in 1985. I opened up with a joke about, uh, I'm from Pennsylvania. You drive north until you see a sign that says, welcome to 1972. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm skinny. I use these to clean rifle barrels. Beautiful. <laughs> when I go hunting. And then I did a thing about Scooby-Doo. I did a uh-huh. Scooby-Doo bit. Right. About uh, Zoink Scooby, get out of that monster's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I did a, and I did a, a Wild Kingdom bit. Beautiful. About a... a which was, uh, while I watch from the safety of the armored half-track, Jim will attempt to subdue the <laughs> crazed gorilla with the mesh net. Luckily, Jim is spon- is insured by Mutual of Omaha. <laughs> and, I, uh, and then I did an impression of uh, Morley Safer and Andy Rooney cruising the block for, for hookers. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was, uh, hey, baby. A, a big Vista cruiser with paneling rolls up in the window. <laughs> I, just, I remember because it was like, it was my set for months. Right. <laughs> but it was like, uh, hey, baby, my friend and I couldn't help but notice you're wearing one of those long skirts that buttons down the back. <laughs> <laughs> my wife used to wear one of those when we were dating. She would walk up a flight of steps, and if she didn't unbutton the the bottom two snaps, sometimes her ankles would catch, and she'd go ass over tea kettle down this <laughs> And then, uh, so why don't you uh, uh, hike that skirt over your head and come over here and sit on my face? It was just a, it was a, a horrible, just Andy Rooney being disgusting. Uh, gorgeous. I mean, I was 20, whatever. This uh-huh. was the 80s. I'm sorry. It's problematic now. I'm oh, sure. sure it is. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's, he's dead. I'm not going to get sued. I think right. Safer's dead, too. Yeah. No, I think you're, I think, I think you're safe there. Yeah. But then, but you know what? I did a, I used to do a bit about the alphabet was it's actually 26 words it was a when fonzie's happy mm-hmm. b you know the b right. opie's aunt and i would do the entire thing oh my god wow. and you know and by the time i got to the end it was you know z end why because i like you z end but i had all these jokes in there and right. after like it, like if I started it, I had to finish it. Mm-hmm. I remember most of them, but I wouldn't do it anymore. Right, so I wouldn't do that bit again. It is. It is one of those jokes where the, the audience goes, "Okay, this is cool." Oh fuck, he's gonna do all of them. Yeah, yeah. And then halfway through, they go, "He's doing all of them." Oh, he's gonna yeah. do all of them. He's gonna do all of them. Well, it's it's like the the Tim uh, Tim Conway uh, rule. Mm-hmm. There's a, it's the best. I love Tim Conway growing yes, up so hard. Absolutely. And uh, he was on Comics Only with Alan King. Okay. And uh, he said, uh, I learned, you know, they say that comedy, if if you do something three times, it's funny. Mm-hmm. If you do something five times, it's not funny. Right. He said, but I, I discovered that if you do something 15, 16, 17 times, mm-hmm. It gets real funny. Right. <laughs> it's true. It's like, you know, that guy, Dwayne, when yeah. he was taking forever to walk across a, a set mm-hmm. while Harvey Corman shit his pants laughing. Sure, it was yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, oh, is he going to walk the whole way across the floor like that? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes. Yeah, he is. Commit to the bit. Uh-huh. I have discovered that my dog has comedic timing. Okay. 
because because I will I will come up to him because he's he's uh, you know, he's got he's got a, a nice a nice snout on him and I'll just go hey Ernie and he'll go what and I just go bap and I'll like grab his snout like that like just kind of like boom like grab his nose and he goes okay stop that and I go hey Ernie he goes what bap and I'll do it again and then when I do the third one bap he's like ah! like that and he'll come at me it's like you know it's it's perfect but then i do it the fifth time and it's not funny to him anymore and then no, when yeah, i do he's it done and when i do it the 18th time uh he cut off he bit my finger so <laughs> but it's 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 funny that you mentioned like that that alphabet thing because that to me provides sort of like a sense of the basis of these list jokes that you do on twitter it's like you yeah, commit, you commit to the bit, you do them. It's like uh, you know, do you come up with the number first, and then that's the challenge for you? I only did the five hundred worst albums because Rolling Stone, Stone did came five, out with their five hundred right best albums of okay. all time, and then I did a, a Paul Simon's fifty ways. Mm-hmm. Here's all fifty ways to leave your lover, right? <laughs> and then I was like, and then the thing that made me laugh was at the end. I'm kidding. Here's the real 50. <laughs> yes. That's and then, right. and then I thought it was funny at the end of that. Go, whoops! That was for my wife. And then I would do fifty. Minutes, so. <laughs> I did one hundred and fifty ways to leave your lover. Mm-hmm. That was fun, but I didn't want to fall into the being the five hundred guy, right? But then it was like with the burgers. Come on, mm-hmm. easy to come up with a hundred hundred places to give you I, diarrhea. I honest, I honestly think these should be published. Like it should just be a book called Blaine's Lists, and <laughs> Blaine we just, Lists, and we just we just print them out, and then you sell them, and you make hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know, you I know? tried to do. I was like, I should do like an AFI greatest movies list, right? And then like one for because they're coming up on the hundred anniversary. Oh, right, of, right, right. Of the Oscars, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I'll do that. But then I was like, eh, it's forced. <laughs> maybe maybe I'll still do it, but it was uh-huh. like I tried tried to write. It's like, eh, I couldn't couldn't find the hook for it right if it if it's just real obvious and i come I, if it's obvious i can write 10 or 15 mm-hmm. just going oh how about this and this right proof of concept yeah like i'm i'm with you like when, when i'm doing sort of like the list thing i find like you need the one that pleases you and then you're fine to do it but chasing the one that pleases you can just take so much effort and you're just like no yeah. no 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 finally where were, where did you come from yeah uh, i know it's work but i don't want it to be work right it's like the first one with the burgers was boragorsh <laughs> yes which i just which was the first one that popped into my head it was like oh it would be like a you know yeah. little, little armenia boragorsh yes, <laughs> okay yes. oh good oh okay this will be easy uh-huh <laughs> it's fun and then you know ham etc Ham, etc. Right. That was a that was a substitute. Uh huh. Paul, I, think I dropped a couple in there. Paul B. Onions. Paul B. Onions. Uh-huh. Paul Bunions. That's a big burger. Paul B. Onions. Paul Bunions. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. So fucking stupid. <laughs> Sorry, I just my eye drifted across Gunt Punch. Oh, Gunt Punch. <laughs> yeah. There's some in there I like. I got there's tons in here. That's what's not to like. Bet losers. That's another one. Bet, bet losers. Arm number. Arm numbers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the Carl Senior, obviously. Carl Senior. Yeah. yeah, I gotta have that in there. Kind of a Carl Senior joke. Yeah, it doesn't get all over the place. <laughs> I remember when this was all trees. The, the the other thing that I love about Blaine Capash jokes is the specificity of it. Um, the hold my hair, LAX. 
<laughs> oh yeah hold my hair lax there's a hold my hair in in burbank but the one in lax no 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 <laughs> one you gotta go to hardy's not that hardy's like it's, yeah for hardy's yeah yeah the thing i liked in a uh in the 500 uh worst albums was the uh now that's what i call recording my neighbors having, <laughs> having sex, sex. And it was like there were a bunch of them. Right. They were specific numbers. Yes. And then one of them was a tie between like number 16 and number 32. Yes. I believe it was in the first chunk and it was numbered like number nine. <laughs> like, fuck me. This like, is... there, it's going to be a bunch of those. This is the time where I invite you, Blaine Kapatch, to tell your joke. Your favorite one, the one that catches your fancy, whatever it is. As we say on the show, it can be dirty, it can be clean, no isms, no obias. That's all we ask. Uh, so, Blaine, take it away. I'm, well, I'm going to do a, I'm gonna do a quick uh, medley. Okay, I love it. Uh, I like. Here's my favorite dad joke. You ready? What's the best thing about Switzerland? I don't know, Blaine. What's the best thing about Switzerland? Well, the flag is a big plus. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, I would like to do a. a, a it's. Tuesday, isn't it? This is uh, two is for Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, two for Tuesday. Uh, here's a uh, here's a snail joke. Mm-hmm. The uh, there's a uh, a snail. Mm-hmm. It's mugged by a turtle, mm-hmm. and he's sitting with the police, filling out a police report. Mm-hmm. And the police says, to, the cop says to the snail, "Did you uh, did you get a look at your assailant?" Uh-huh. And the snail says, oh, "I don't know. It all happened so fast." Beautiful. <laughs> Uh, here's my other snail joke. Do it. From me, Blaine Kapatch, Blaine father. Kapatch. Yes. Uh, guy's golfing. Did you hear this one? Nope. I got to start every joke with you. Have you heard this one? Right. It's a, there's a guy. Not the title golfing. of the show, Have but he starts that? it with that. Okay. That's what... You heard this one? He's golfing. And he uh, he's uh, he's about to putt. He looks down. He's uh, looking at the hole and he sees that there's a snail mm-hmm. right between the ball and the hole. Have I told you this one? No. Have you heard this one? No. <laughs> right between the ball and the hole. So he just sort of like leans down with the putter. He like puts the snail out of the way, sinks the ball, gets the ball out of the hole, moves on to the next hole. Three years later, mm-hmm. guys at home, knock at his front door. Opens the front door. He looks around, doesn't see anybody. Looks down. He sees the snail. Snail looks up at him and says, what the fuck was that all about? <laughs> it's my dad joke snail medley. Beautiful. Beautiful. Can I tell another one? Please do. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so here's one. Here's a, uh, this is uh, Drew Carey told me this one. This oh, okay. One my, well, then, okay. This favorites. is bonafide. There we are. I'll tell you, too, that Drew Carey told me. He's the best. Beauty. There's a, a lion's fucking a zebra. Mm-hmm. And he looks up and he sees a lioness walking towards him. He says, oh, shit, it's my wife. Quick, act like I'm killing you. <laughs> he says, uh, here's the other one that Drew Carey told me. We're mm-hmm. good friends. I'm going to drop that name. Yeah. Ow, my foot. <laughs> uh, when Drew, Drew and I met it, at the Punchline in San Francisco back in the 80s or the 90s, and uh, we became fast friends, and we would just sit in the green room and just tell street jokes back yep. and forth for Beautiful. hours. It was great. He's a delight. But he says, uh, uh, there's two gorillas, mm-hmm. and they're watching a lion drink at a watering hole. And the one gorilla says, uh, hey, I dare you to go up and fuck that lion up the ass. And the gorilla goes, you're on. So gorilla goes up, 
goes up behind the lion, fucks him up the head. Ah, they're both laughing. Lion turns around. Gorilla goes, oh, my God, this lion's going to kill me. Because running, running into the jungle, running from this lion. Lion's chasing. Gorilla's running for his life. Oh, my God. I got to get away. Oh, my God. So he's going to kill me. Ah. Comes into a clearing. There's an abandoned camp. There's a tent. It's all worn out. There's some chairs lying around. He, the gorilla looks around. He, uh, he goes over. He picks up a chair, puts on a pith helmet, picks up a newspaper. Actually, he's reading the newspaper. Lion comes running into the clearing. Wrong. Hey, did you see a gorilla just come running through here? The gorilla says, uh, oh, you mean the gorilla just fucked the lion up the ass? Lion goes, it's in the papers. <laughs> so, yeah, not my joke. Two things. <laughs> but one of my favorites. Two things. One, the gorilla joke is my favorite joke on the planet right now. <laughs> it has been for the past year and a half, two years. Oh, okay, okay. And... Uh, when people ask me what, you know, you give me a joke, that's the one I throw at them. It's the one. And secondly, you have told uh, off air the uh, Swiss flag joke. And that oh, was, yeah. And that was one of the reasons that I wanted to do this show. Because, oh, because it was like between you and Dylan Brody and like other comics that I will you know, be at shows and do exactly what you and Drew Carey were doing, which is the banter across is like, oh, you got one. OK, so here's one. OK, so here's oh, I just one. remember this one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then that's it. So and that's where we got the name of the show. OK, so here's one. And that it was that moment that was just like we this is what I want the next season to be. So Blaine, thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, I'm delightful to be of assistance. Yes. Blaine, that's, that's it. Good. That, that, thank that's, you so oh, much. Thanks. Well, that's good news. I, I just lost my job at the calendar factory. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I got fired for taking a couple of days off. Beautiful. <laughs> well, come on. <laughs> Thanks for listening to OK So Here's One, a podcast celebrating street jokes. Thank you to Blaine Kapatch for coming on and telling his joke, just so you know if you didn't catch it because the audio kind of cut out. The punchline was, it's in the papers already? Makes it hilarious. Uh, you can follow Blaine at Blaine Kapatch and make sure you check out his Twitter feed. It is absolutely phenomenal. You can find 23 seasons of our previous podcast, Comedy Above the Pub, where Blaine has been on three or four times, I think. You can find that at ComedyAboveThePub.com or wherever fine podcasts are available. This show is produced by Darcy Finder. Our music is by Larry Bryant. Artwork is by Wojtek Arkaszewski. If you have a joke you want us to tell on air, you can send it right to us. It can be dirty, clean, just not racist, sexist, homophobic, transphobic, or xenophobic, or as we say, no isms, no obias. Send your joke to jokes at oshopod.com. That's jokes at oshopod.com. That stands for OK So Here's One Pod. You can send any questions or comments about the show to show at oshopod.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook and TikTok at Oshopod. You can follow me personally on the same platforms at HeyIt'sTBA. For Instagram, you have to add a underscore. Don't ask me why. And for upcoming performances that I am doing, you can check out HeyIt'sTBA.com slash calendar. For three bucks a month, you can join our Patreon and get full access to the unedited raw feed video plus bonus jokes and perks. Uh, you can do so at Patreon.com slash Oshopod.com. I'm Todd Van Allen. On behalf of myself, Blaine Capatch, and the no longer Erstwell Darcy, Jimmy, Bobby, and Monty. You are always the podcast.